0: Support for Need to Know comes from the Carnegie Corporation of New York, supporting innovation in education, democratic engagement, and the advancement of international peace and security. Learn more at Carnegie.org. Welcome to the Need to Know podcast from the Wilson Center, a podcast for policymakers available to everyone. Always informative, nonpartisan, and relevant, we go beyond the headlines to understand the trend lines in foreign policy. Welcome back to another episode of Need to Know. I'm your host, John Molesky. Today, we're going to continue our exploration of the package of federal legislation, an omnibus multi-year law commonly referred to as the Farm Bill. Uh, the current bill was enacted in 2018 as the Agriculture Improvement Act. It expires this year. Weighing in at around 1,000 pages, the bill intersects with topics such as health care, poverty, climate change, and school lunches. Today's guest is Andrew Walmsley. Andrew is the Senior Director of Government Affairs at the American Farm Bureau Federation, a trade association headquartered in Washington, D.C. The Farm Bureau has affiliates in all 50 states and Puerto Rico. Andrew, welcome. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So let's start off with what's foremost in the minds of the farmers and ranchers you represent as the bill makes its way
1: through Congress. What are the priorities? Yeah, the Farm Bill is one of the most important pieces of legislation for agriculture and rural communities, and we could argue for all Americans when you think about the importance of having healthy and abundant food in this country and really around the world when you look at it from an international perspective. And so uh, the Farm Bill is composed of typically 12 titles. The last bill had 12 titles. It touches on a lot of those issues. But the priorities for farmers and ranchers, number one, are making sure that the Senate and House Agriculture Committee has the resources they need to write a meaningful farm bill. Um, There are obviously challenges out there from inflation to production expenses to market volatility to geopolitical events across the world uh, that has really changed since the last time we did the farm bill in 2018. And so making a meaningful investment in Title I, the commodity program, uh, which is a lot of the risk management tools farmers uh, rely on, Uh, And then also crop insurance, Title 11, Um, that those two pieces are are critical in kind of the farm safety net, as we call it. Uh, And then outside of that, you know, keeping a farm bill together with nutrition programs. Those two key pieces have been uh, vital for the success of farm bills going back to the 70s, uh, recognizing that a farm to fork uh, food security is a national security type standpoint has been critical to the success of farm bills. Um, so those are kind of the two two big pictures. And then, you know, we've got 60 other policy priorities we can dive into. But there again, this bill uh, has 12 titles. It touches a lot of different facets of American life and international uh, issues
0: about that. I mean, you've already made a general statement about the importance uh, of the bill. Is it impossible to overstate how significant it is when you think about all of the lives that it touches?
1: No. I mean, it's one of those that, yeah, it's it's wonky. It's a lot of pages, but it does influence a, a lot of everyday American life, whether you're you're urban or, or rural. Um, you know, the nutrition program I mentioned is about 80%, a little over 80% of funding in the bill. So uh, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program here in the U.S. We've got the conservation title where farmers and ranchers have voluntarily partnered with the federal government to enroll over 140 million acres across this country. That's larger than the states of New York and California combined. Uh, there's a trade title that focuses on programs like food for peace and international aid and development uh, research title. I mean, how do how do we solve the problems you know today, but especially of the future without a meaningful investment in agricultural research research, whether that's sustainable. Uh, intensification, whether that's competitive issues with, with other countries around the world. We have an energy title. We have a credit title. We have a rural development title. So it really is just a broad piece of important legislation.
0: You, you mentioned that there have been significant changes since 2018. Uh, I'm guessing that among those are the pandemic and the impact that had on farmers, ranchers, and all of us. Uh, the the war in Ukraine uh The changing weather patterns. Talk to us about what are the changes that have been most relevant to the daily work of uh, food producers?
1: Yeah, so when the 18 Farm Bill was enacted, uh, many folks said this was an evolutionary farm bill, not a revolutionary farm bill. Yet since then, we've been living in revolutionary times, right? You've got the pandemic folks have described as a black swan event. Well, agriculture, I think, has been living through a flock of black swans going back to the trade war with China. Uh, We then had, you know, natural disasters that has necessitated some ad hoc assistance from Congress to to help carry some producers through that. Uh, Coming out of the pandemic, we've had supply chain challenges. Uh, You've had market volatility. And then, as we mentioned, uh, you know, the war uh, between Russia and Ukraine that has had huge implications to many of the inputs that farmers and ranchers rely on from energy and diesel to uh, you know, fertilizer and other uh, crop inputs. We've, we've mm-hmm. seen record high increases in those categories over the last year.
0: What are some of the specific things a new bill
1: can do to uh, help farmers adapt to these changes? Well, the biggest thing that a Farm Bill does is provide some certainty. Uh, knowing what programs are out there for farmers to work with, um, that's why it's critically important for, for us uh, in, when, on a production ag standpoint is improving Title I, the commodity titles, some of those risk management tools, ensuring farmers have crop insurance that they pay into, uh, much like we do with, with car insurance, right? It's that same kind of concept of, uh, you know, trying to manage some of your risk. When, and, and you've got to think about it. You, your business par- partner is Mother Nature. Uh, I don't know of a riskier business partner than that. Um, uh, so those, those, those are key. But I think, you know, conservation continues to be a focus. There's more and more expectations, both from public policy, but from consumers and private sector around climate. And farmers and ranchers have embraced that. We, we're integrating climate smart ag practices. And so uh, how are ways to improve particularly the conservation title to update those programs so farmers can continue to adapt to market demands and consumer demands? When you look across the 50
0: states and, and Puerto Rico, that where your constituency lives and works, uh, are there particular areas that have been hardest hit by that unreliable partner, Mother Nature? And are there specific things when you get down in the weeds, no pun intended, that the bill can do to address those specific areas of most acute need?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, droughts in the West, uh, and, and now, unfortunately, almost too much uh, uh, you know, precipitation, particularly in California. Uh, they were desperately praying for rain and, and snowfall, and now they've gotten more that they can say grace over. Uh, we continue to have a lingering drought in parts of the plains in the middle part of the country. Uh, I come from Florida originally. Uh, you know, Hurricane Ian and, and you know, just some of the natural disasters from, from tropical storms and hurricanes Uh, while are expected, we're we're seeing some of that intensity and some of those challenges increase. And so, again, those risk management tools such as crop insurance, expanding that to more producers is kind of that first line of defense. Um, But then also, when you look at the conservation title, it's not just adaptation or ability um, to sequester carbon. That's what makes agriculture so unique, right? We are, I think, one of the few industries, if not the only industry, that can actually take carbon from the atmosphere and through our practices, Uh, either store that in our forestry or store that in our soil Um, but also those practices a lot of times help us with resilience utilizing cover crops taking kind of the next step in best production practices as we can integrate those into the farms a lot of times can make a difference when you have a large rainfall event or you have drought if you're able to save some more of that soil moisture and so a lot of the farm bill programs look to target that either on the crop insurance side or helping to cost share some of these more expensive practices through conservation. Does, does
0: this bill become in many ways a de facto uh, climate bill because of the implications of, of farming and, and the technologies that you just uh, uh, described when it comes to capturing CO2?
1: Well, you know, the 18 Farm Bill, when it was enacted, many folks said that was the most climate friendly bill to to be signed into law at the time. And and I wouldn't argue against that, particularly when you look at the the conservation title, you look at the research title. And I think there's more we can do in a farm bill, but we also have to draw that fine line. Right. I think there's there's places in the bill that climate can be a focus. uh, Title II research title, read the rule, the kind of the energy programs, the Renewable Energy for America programs, all of those kind of integrate in that. Uh, but we also ha- can't lose sight of the importance of, say, crop insurance. It has to be actuarially sound. There's there's a purpose there for that program that um, sometimes there's implications in tying into practices. So we want to avoid that. Same with the commodity title. You can't lose sight on the specific purposes of some programs, but there is definitely things in the bill um, that, that agriculture is open to having discussions around when it comes to climate. I heard somebody
0: use the phrase, and I'm sure you're for, more familiar with this than am I, that uh, we've got to stop treating uh soil like dirt, you know, a little bit play on words as far as the importance of the the, the health of soil for farmers Uh, about this whole sustainability question and striking that balance between the private sector and and the government regulation. Talk to us about where are the greatest advances in resiliency and sustainability? And again, how this bill might interact with those?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that might be a newer concept for those that aren't familiar with ag or who are just trying to take an interest in, in ag. I mean, I go back to my days uh, in my agronomy and soil classes and you never referred to soil as dirt. Dirt was something out of place. Soil was a living, breathing, important aspect that, that was your livelihood. And so I think this idea of stewardship and sustainability is just baked into the the American farmer psyche. Um, We grew up on our farms and ranches and or if you're a new or beginning farmer rancher that has an interest, I think you already recognize that importance. And so you want to make sure you're taking care and leaving the land in the better place that you have found that. And we've seen a lot of progress there. You look um, again at our sustainable intensification kind of idea, that platform that we have to build upon. We can't lose sight of the moral imperative we have in American agriculture to feed nearly 10 billion people in the next couple of decades, right? And so we can't go backwards. We can't lose some of the efficiency, some of the innovation and technology that we do have, but we can continue to get better. And we're seeing that in many metrics, particularly on the climate side. Our per unit emissions can continue to decline. Uh, In 1990, uh, we would have needed 100 million more acres to produce what we produced in 2022. And we didn't add acres in the last 30 years. We've lost acres. So we are kind of meeting that challenge. In addition, U.S. agriculture is close to 10 percent of, of greenhouse gas emissions, whereas globally agriculture is closer to 25 percent. So we have a significantly lower footprint. Um, and so we need to continue to, to focus on production here. Uh, part of that is the Farm Bill is encouraging that. Um, and the big piece that I think the intersection here on this particular issue is, is continuing to encourage a focus on the conservation programs to be working lands programs. The majority of those are working lands programs where you continue to get better. Uh, You work with farmers and ranchers as partners, you bring in resources, whether that's private sector with some programs like the Regional Conservation um, Partnership Program. Uh, You're seeing some things outside of the Farm Bill that I think are gonna inform it going forward, like USDA's Partnership for Climate Smart Commodities. Uh, That's something we've supported to help get more information on the ground. Uh, and then, you know, equip and CSP, there's all these acronyms we live in, but these are the programs in the conservation title that focus on working lands. And so that's the big piece is making sure you don't do harm there. You build upon those programs particularly when it comes to climate, but also not losing sight of the other local resource concerns that farmers and ranchers have to manage on a day-to-day basis, whether that's water quality, quantity, wildlife, soil health. And so that's a lot for farmers to, to manage all those things, but they do it with pride, right? And if we've got the research, we integrate the technology, and we've got partners, whether it's public or private, Uh, We hope to continue to learn and build upon the success we've seen over the last couple of decades.
0: We're we're short on time, Andrew, but I want to get a quick thought from you on uh, competitiveness and and what the bill might do for farmers as far as, uh, you know, America has been able to feed the world in many ways and uh, uh, continues to be a major producer of of food. Uh, What needs to happen to maintain that competitive advantage and to allow our farmers and ranchers to participate globally?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, encouraging still on just a basis on the trade title, um, identifying any barriers to those programs, but also encouraging those from a food for peace standpoint. But the big piece, I think, on competitiveness as it ties into farm bills is ag research, right? It's, It's having the technology and innovation. We're seeing countries around the world outpace us here more recently in their investment in ag research. And so I think a lot of the success stories And in the U.S. has been tied to our investment in research, going back to the Land Grant Act in the 1860s, then expanding that out to extension agents, getting technology and innovation into the hands of farmers and ranchers, and then just reducing barriers to market entry, whether that's trade or whether that's regulations, Um, not saying all regulations, there's a place, but making sure there's not things that aren't harming innovation for farmers and ranchers to compete. So before
0: my producer pulls the plug on me for for running over the allotted time, I, I want to ask you uh, uh, one final thought about your expectations for how this passage is going to proceed through the hill. You know, obviously, we live in a time of, if not heightened partisanship, maybe even extreme partisanship. What are your expectations as it relates to bipartisanship for this uh, piece of legislation?
1: Well, thankfully, uh, the Agriculture Committee has always been a place of bipartisanship. So we hope that continues. Um, We had a lot of partisanship in 18, and yet we passed that Farm Bill with a record number of bipartisan votes uh, in the history of the Farm Bill. Uh, There's going to be challenges. I'm optimistic we'll be able to get it done this year. There'll be some political fights, but uh, uh, you got to have optimism if you're going to be in D.C. I don't know if we'll meet the September 30th deadline when current law expires. We'll probably need a short term extension. Uh, But if we can find bipartisanship, we'll have a strong farm bill before the end of the year. Well, thank you for
0: what's been a a very informative conversation, Andrew. And to our listeners and viewers, for more information on Andrew's organization, you can visit FB.org, FB as in Farm Bureau, and visit WilsonCenter.org for information on this podcast and many more. Uh, That's all for this edition of Need to Know. Until next time, for all of us at the Wilson Center, I'm John Molesky. Thanks for your time and interest.